traditional motion picture story, the villains are usually defeated. The ending is a happy one. I can make no such promise for the picture you're about to watch. The story isn't over. You and the audience are part of the conflict. More human beings were slaughtered in the 20th century than all previous centuries combined. We're talking a congressional record, 135 million dead. Their entire purpose was to detach our culture from any moral anchors whatsoever. You look at the changes in America since 1960, perhaps, the, the whole culture's been transformed. They're coming out of the belief that the village should raise the child. Uh, and the village means the government. They have deliberately destroyed the American family, understanding that's the foundational block that uh, builds a society. We've come from uh, Norman Rockwell's America to, uh, you know, Hugh Hefner's America. And if we lose the Judeo-Christian framework, we're lost forever. The left wants you to think that the cultural changes that have taken place in America since the 1960s have done nothing but progress us forward toward a brave new world. This film will show that the brave new world they seek is nothing more than the failed policies and ideologies of the communism that enslaved over a third of the world's population during the 20th century. It will show that most people on the left aren't communist, just the useful idiots Lenin spoke of, being used to promote a socialist agenda, which is the first and necessary step toward communism. I think this is one of the most serious uh, threats uh, to our country at the present time. It will show they've done everything in their power to dumb down our children, undermine our families, rewrite our history, and promote obscenity and immorality everywhere that they can. They look at what holds society together, they understand it, but they don't want that, they want change. And they will subvert and rot every good and decent thing we believe in, because they have a vision for a new society, and that must mean the replacement of the old society. This film will show why the ideas that now dominate our educational system are focused on removing God and his influence from every part of our culture. They basically try to say that the state itself is ultimate, that there's nothing, no law higher than the state, and if there's no law higher than the state, there's no appeal against it. They're training them for the collective, and a collective mindset and a dependency mindset. And it seems that they, again, want to have people be uneducated, so then they do become wards of the state. They're dependent on the government to provide everything for them. History has proven beyond any doubt that the free enterprise that freedom produces provides more for anyone willing to work than any other system. So why would the left still be pushing their socialist agenda on us? I mean, it's really just microwave communism.
there's only two possibilities. They're either ignorant or they're evil. From my investigation over the last two years into what has caused America's drastic decline, I'm sorry to say the left won't be able to use the ignorant card. They've left too much evidence of their agenda in their books, articles, and speeches. No, America has an enemy that is getting very close to accomplishing its plan of destroying the greatest country in all world history. Once people figure it out, they're going to do what people everywhere do. They're going to start protesting. They're going to start revolting. And when that happens, that's when the powers that be feel threatened and they use the power that they have. So that's just that's a little trailer for it, the first film. Um, just real quickly, what what supports my family and I as we travel around things or is selling these things? But that's the that was the trailer for the first movie. It's called Agenda Grinding America Down. It gives you a complete history of how we've gotten to where we are, which is so important to understand. So you can then your eyes can see. Oh, that's why these different things are happening. So you know better how to stand up for the truth in, against it. Then the second film was Agenda Two: Masters of Deceit, and it goes through all the things currently going on today, like how they're using the environmental movement and the evangelical church and, and radical Islam and all these different things. How they're using those today, open borders and things, to take us down from within to continue the same agenda. But both of those. Our heart in making them was for the church because I just saw most people in the church were just so ignorant about everything, um, not only the Bible, but everything, history. And so if you haven't seen them, we have them there um, at a cheap price too when we travel, but they're a great tool. They give you a complete education in 90 minutes. So you don't have to read the 100 books I read and spend years of researching. You can watch and go, oh, I get it. And then it's a great tool. Our heart was, if we can wake the church up, then the church can go, 
share them with friends and family. And I baby step people into it so it's not too overwhelming if you watch the first one first and the second one second. But it just helps people understand. And every person that eyes are awakened to what's going on, they're sobered by the reality of it. But then they're going to be on our side as far as going, oh, we, we can't allow these things to keep going on. One church in California, <clears throat> they bought like 500 copies from me, and they just gave them out door to door and then invited people to church. And of that group, he said, we had about 50 people start coming to a Bible study just for an agenda. And he goes, 27 of them got saved. They were not, they're not Christians. And that once their eyes started to see the truth and they started to be concerned and care, and they realized the church was offering the answers, God used that to, in that way, which was neat. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also have a few albums on the table. These are my wife singing or family, and they're different ones, but they're just beautiful, peaceful hymns. With all that's going on, it's important that you listen to peaceful. She made these when the kids were young so they could listen to them falling asleep at night. Um, so, and they would learn all the hymns, which they all know, all the hymns, all the words, all the verses because of this. But it, they're beautiful. One neighbor heard them, and then a person at our church, and we've made thousands of copies of them now and given them out to people at church and everything because they're, they're just a blessing to, to still your spirit and remember that God is God. Um, the only book we have left with us, we sold out of the other ones already, but is a book, You Can Still Trust the Communist to Be Communist. I don't know that sounds like But it was written by Dr. Fred Schwartz in 1960. Um, and it's been updated uh, just a couple years ago by Dr. David Noble of what's happened since then. But it's the whole original book, but then what's happened since then. But it was the most powerful book written on communism. Dr. Fred Schwartz was a doctor from Australia that came to America in the 50s and saw we were being taken over. He, he recognized it. He quit his profession, never practiced medicine again, and stayed in America. He started the Christian anti-communist crusade, which had hundreds of thousands of members through the 60s and 70s, trying to expose the evils of communism and how the bottom line of it, it's to destroy Christianity. <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, boys, could you bring me a cup of water? I think I have a cup there somewhere. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> anyway, those are just a few things. The one other thing is um, Agenda Weekly. This is the way, if you appreciate what you've heard, to support us. It's $5 a month. So it's like a donation, $5 a month to support someone that's trying to go wake up the troops. But for that, every single week I make a video talking to you about something going on in our country that you need to be aware of, you need to understand. And then we have a news brief we send you. Here's all the key news items that happened this week. Here's prayer and action items. So you'll, you, if, if you become informed and don't act, it's useless. So if you, once you're informed, you need to be praying about things and then be doing things. And then some other articles and things that we thought would help you be educated and understanding the times. And we did that because we go, too many people they watch news 30 hours a week and they still don't know what's going on because there's so much confusion, narrative and stuff. I go, our side needs to quit doing that. We want to provide something that here's what's going on because you do need to know what's going on, but it takes you an hour or so and now go do something. <laughs> go spend time with the grandkids and teach them and train them. You know, go, go out and don't just stare at the TV all day every day going, what's going on? And so that was the heart behind that. But if you're interested, the cards are on the table and you can sign up. But it's a great blessing to us, but I think it'll be a great blessing to you. 
We have so many emails we get every week, people saying, thank you for doing this. It just saves us time and it helps us just part the clouds so we can see the truth. So anyway, that's the two things. <clears throat> of course, right, you get up here, something's in your throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, so this session is just a shorter one. And it's, um, I'm just going to go through some of the details of one of my Agenda Weekly sessions, which was called Rethinking College and Career. And again, if you become, if you do this, all the previous episodes, there are a hundred different ones on specific topics. And I try to always make them too, where they're, they help you to become wise. It's not just this is what happened this week. It's like, no, here's a concept that's going on this week but that Christians need to understand. Like this one. <clears throat> Like this one, rethinking college and career. Here's the statistics. We are losing 92% of our young people that are raised in Christian homes after one year of college. That's not acceptable. I love young people. I used to be a high school math teacher. I love young people. And I see that and I'm like, that's disturbing. Why is that happening? And, and there's many reasons that's happening. But that's one point, I'm gonna, some of the things I'm going to cover. That's why I'm going, we need to rethink this college thing. Just because everyone says, oh, you got to go to college. No, I might not need to go to college. I need to think about that. Um, another thing is what I talked about earlier today, another important part of this puzzle. The World Economic Forum says, you know, in about 15 years, they'd like 90% of all jobs to be computerized and with robotics and AI. So you see that, and you have to go, okay, that's the direction the world's going. So how do I make myself <laughs> uh, proof, you know, where I can withstand that? Because I'm, I, I'm, I don't want to get stuck in that system where then I have to get my government check because there's nothing I can do um, because all my jobs have been redone. And I think it's going to get, I really think, even like engineers, they are so advancing the capability of computers. You won't need a structural engineer to design a bridge. You'll enter the facts into the computer. Boom, it'll do it. It's perfect. And then it's, why? And you don't have to pay it anything. You just bought a program that does that. So I think medical doctors, they'll be obsolete in 25 years, I believe, because you'll, what's your symptoms? And the computer can go through all the things even more extensively than a doctor can that only knows what he knows. And it prints out, here's your prescription. It looks like you have arthritis, whatever. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's logical this is happening, but it's not good because God intended man to, to be doing things with his life. <laughs> and so, but, so those are the key things why I'm talking about this. A lot of people are like, you got to go to college. You don't, and I'll tell you why. These things all fit together in this one thing that I think is such an interesting statistic. In 1984, Ronald Reagan, I was a senior in high school, Ronald Reagan was elected president of the United States, okay? And he won 49 states. <laughs> Mondale, who was running against it, won his home state of Minnesota, and that's it. But listen to this, parents, as far as raising the children, as far as thinking about college and career, listen. If the people that had voted for Ronald Reagan in 1984 had raised their children with character and virtue and morality and they taught them what America is about and what to be, we would have a 95% majority today. 
They have done what they have done because they took our children. And so we need to think there has to be alternatives and there has to be different things. I would, even if there was no alternative, I'd rather my children go work at Taco Bell the rest of their life, but keep their morality, keep their beliefs. Then if they, oh, you got to go to college. Good. Don't make any money then to live in poverty, but you'll be happy because you'll know the truth and you can raise your family. Do that. But uh, uh, thankfully, that's not the two options here at all. When I was growing up, everyone said, you have to go to college. I mean, it was just, you, you'll be a nobody if you don't go. And so we all go, oh, okay, we got to go to college. But here's, here's the, the little thing that was sold us. I just remember in high school, so many times people, teachers going, you got to get good grades. And if you would ask them why, they'd say, so you can get into a good college. And if you just said why, they said, so you can get a good job. And if you say why, so you can have a good retirement. It was like the entire life was focusing on so when I'm old, I'll have a good retirement. I'll use my life, yeah, maybe not doing what I was designed to do, maybe do it, but it's just so I can have a good retirement one day. Well, as a Christian, that's absolutely ridiculous. One, I don't think you can find anywhere in the Bible retirement, but, but also um, we need to rethink that. That's what the world's been telling us. Well, I've shown you all these other lies they've been telling us. Do you think they're telling the truth on that? No, they're not. And so... The dangers of college, first of all, that's why we have to, to think about this. Uh, there's a lot of things there that I'll talk about. The dangers of job security. What happens when you get a good job at a big company? You have to be silent or you're going to be fired. I mean, as this culture is changing, this woke culture, you can't tell them Jesus Christ is in. You'll be fired like that. Or if you say, I don't like what Biden's doing or whatever. So... Because my whole life has been focused on this good job so I can have a good retirement, even though I should say something, I'm not going to because I don't want to lose that. It's been the purpose of my life has been this to get this retirement. And so it silences many good people because they go, oh, you know. And so they have to hide and silence their job career. We're finding out in the military, you will be fired if you're saying things. And, and, but big companies, I talk to a lot of men, and they go, you can't say anything. If they knew you voted for Trump, they would fire you. I mean, that's how, so you have to hide your whole life. You have to just be quiet. They will be, you will be fired. And so I'm like, no, no, we got to redo that. Again, as I talked about earlier, and their, their purpose in this is to also, when you convince everybody they got to have a job, what does that mean? It means they're going to be working for someone else. They're not going to be self-employed. They hate self-employment. They hate small business. Again, like I said, they want big business and big government to be your only two options for employment so they're in total control of you. Again, you're in big business and you start handing out flyers for something, boom, you're gone. You can't be so hateful or you can't be so whatever. And, and big government, then you're hooked in to the system. Um, there was a, a clip I showed on the Agenda Weekly talking about this from an old Twilight Zone in the 50s. I don't know if you know what that is, but it was an old black and white show where this Rod Serling would come out. But it was called The Obsolete Man. And in it, he, in his wisdom, was saying, here's a future that might be one day. And what it is, it's, it was so insightful. I, was like, I go, oh, my word. Someone, one of the subscribers sent it to me. I watched it. I go, that's exactly where we are. And he was guessing this 60 years ago. 
I think totalitarianism could go this direction. What it was is this one man, Romney Wordsworth, he was a librarian, and they were bringing him before the panel, and they say, you have been declared by the state to be obsolete, and so you have to be executed. And they come, do you have anything to say for yourself? He goes, well, I'm not obsolete. No man is obsolete. God, and he talks about God in it, which I was shocked. Um, and he said, no, because of God, no man is obsolete. And, and they said, no, there's no more books have been allowed. All the books have been destroyed, so there's nothing for you to do. And the guy says, just like we proved there was no God, so all the pastors have been ex uh, ex uh, uh, executed. And so, but it's this world. And at the end, they, he dies. But it's just a, it's very thought-provoking. And that's the world they're creating where man is obsolete. And we have to stand against that. Um, and we need to have uh, real skills like people used to have so we won't be obsolete also. And so we can provide for our families. And so uh, up until 100 years ago, almost everyone had real practical skills in many areas. They could fix the car. They could you know, do electrician, plumbing. They had skills. And, but we have become a country over the last 34 years of just paper pushers. No one does really anything. The computer does everything, and we just kind of do our little shuffling around with paper. But that, that kind of society cannot last. You can't be dependent on your enemies for everything, all your products and think you're, everything's going to be okay. It's not, it's not going to be okay. So um, also as in this process with the colleges... I notice it, just how they've been dumbing that system down where now college for the most part, it's just about an indoctrination. I mean, unless you're in a hard science like engineering or something, you're not getting anything of value. It, it's just been so watered down. I noticed the difference. I got a bachelor's degree in the 1980s because I was told you got to go to college. And I remember back then, though, it was still a little rigor to it. I'd have three or four hours every day of work I had to do to pass the classes. But I went back in the 90s to get a master's. And it was about 10 hours a semester to get an A. Now, I, I was shocked myself. I thought a master's is going to be harder than a bachelor's. And it was a joke by then. So that was when the transition happened to complete nonsense going on. I, mean, I, was, I was just like, you don't have to do anything. What is this? And I realized, here, here's the, the thing. They realized... We can't make it too hard or the kids will want to, they go, oh, I can't do it. And we got to have the kids here so we can brainwash them. Remember, the point of college from their perspective is this. We've been indoctrinated in K through 12, but their parents have always been around. If we can remove their parents from the situation by getting them off by themselves, well, we have four years to finish the course of indoctrination, propaganda, and getting them immoral, so they'll turn their back on all their parents' values anyway, then we have been successful. But if we want them all to come, we can't have this be a hard, troubling thing because a lot of them will drop out and quit. So it needs to be just pat, shuffle them on through, have fun in the classes, uh, teachers go out and drinking with the kids in the evenings and stuff, which is what goes on. And that's what we need to do. And so I'm not saying you can't go to college, but I'm saying if you do, it needs to be for something specific and you need to be prepared. And I would say a minimum, <clears throat> you need one year of five hours a day in a study in a Christian worldview, apologetics, history, and understanding the times. 
You, you have to, otherwise, you're not going to notice all the lies you're being told. And so you start to absorb them. And it starts to twist your mind because you're like, well, this guy's got a doctorate degree and I don't. And, and so all of a sudden you start buying, you start drinking the Kool-Aid, as they say. Another key thing about this that's so sinister, the reason they wanted the kids to go is so you'd be buried in debt even at a young age. I mean, you just you already got fifty, hundred thousand dollars in debt, and you're 22 years old. Well, they love that. You know who loves that? Of course, the bankers love that. But big business loves that. It makes a good employee when you can't quit whether you want to or not because you got bills to pay. They love burying you debt. Oh, why don't you get the new car? Here's a credit card for you, even though you have no credit. They want you buried in debt because it makes real good slaves in the system because you can't, you don't have the option. I've met so many men over my life that have a job they can't stand, but they were never able to quit it and do something on their own because they had so much debt. They got married and started having kids and they could never get ahead again. And they just were behind. And so they were just enslaved in that um, because they didn't have a good plan ahead of time. And our young people, we need the courage to get a good plan. <clears throat> so here are some alternatives. Um, some, I'll just tell you my story a little bit. Um, and, but, but I learned so much from the things God's taught me in my life that can be beneficial, especially to young people, but whatever your age is. Um, there are so many different ways to learn. <laughs> I mean, college is not, that's not the only way to supposedly learn. I had two college degrees and still couldn't get a decent job. And so um, I had worked in the restaurant business in high school and college, just part-time jobs, and kind of liked it. And I think it was my father probably that taught me, but I, I realized, okay, if I want to do something, I really need to know what I'm doing so if you don't, if you, there's a particular thing you want to learn, but you don't know how to do it, you need to find someone that does. And so what I did is I thought, I'd, I'd like to start a restaurant, but I, I've worked in them, but I don't know enough to start one. So what I did is I drove around Colorado Springs, that's where we lived at the time, and I looked for the busiest restaurant in town. And I found one that had a line out the door all the time. And I knew that man knows the restaurant business. So I went in there and said, sir, can I have a job? I'll do whatever you ask in, in everything, but I'd also like you to teach me the restaurant business because I can tell you know what you're doing. He said, okay, and so I started working there. Well, um, he just, I, I got into that, enjoyed it. I was only going to work there a year or two. Ended up working for four years because I enjoyed it so much. He taught me everything from all the cooking side of things, the baking side of things, the, the money side of things, the, the details, and he was excellent at it. And... A year after that, I started a restaurant down the street from him and doing something different. He wasn't worried about competition. He had more people looking. And our second year in business, I won the best restaurant in Colorado Springs. And I went down there to him. I said, Earl, did you see the paper today? And he smiled and he goes, yeah. And I said, thank you. That's your award, not mine. You gave me 30 years worth of restaurant experience during the time I worked here. And I just, I really appreciate it. And I just realized right then, that is something we have not tied into for far too long. Who, who's teaching at college, people? If you don't know, it's people that talk about doing things. I, I have a business degree, okay? For four years, 
I had men teaching me about business that had never worked for a business, never run a business. They just got a PhD in business. And so they're all, it's, it was all theory. I love business and the classes were so boring, I could barely sit through them. Cause I, and I finally didn't put my finger on it until I got a little older. I go, that's why. There was nothing practical about it. It's like, well, the, here's a th one theory of business. <laughs> I don't want about a theory. When I had worked at that French bakery, La Baguette, for six months, I learned 10 times what a four-year college degree was. 10 times. And I was ready to be successful in it. So that's the problem, too, is we, we're counting on these professors. Most of them, they also, they became college professors because they couldn't do anything else. And it's a cush job. Um, my dad, who is sharp, was a college professor. He says, it's the joke of all time. You know, he was back in the 80s when he retired and he goes, he was making a hundred and some thousand a year back in the 80s. And he goes, it's 15 hours a week. It's a full-time job. He said, he told us kids, he goes, become a college professor. It's a joke. Um, you get great money. And you, he goes, I never graded a paper in 25 years. You have TAs to do all the teacher's assistants to do all the work. You just go talk. And he taught the same lectures. They were mathematics and higher up things. So none of that even changed. But most of the college professors were there because it's a cush life. And, and they're there to influence the young people in the wrong direction. Um, so, I'm just trying to get nuggets of this so I don't go too long, but but it's crazy the way things have gone. When I was 18, I was filling out college applications with my father, and I remember that when he told me, he said, he was helping me there, and he said, well, so what do you want to do the rest of your life? You know, he goes, what are you going to major in? I go, what, what's major? He goes, it's what you're going to do the rest of your life. And I said, Dad, how would I have a clue what I'm going to do the rest of my life when I don't know what anything does? And he laughed. He goes, you're so right. I go, how, why would you ask an eight-year-old, what are you going to do the rest of your life? I don't have a clue. And that's what they're asking young people to do. What are you going to do? And so what do they do? They just pick things that sound good because they went, oh, I'm a psychology major or whatever to their friends or that they think will make a lot of money. They're not going, God, what, what did you design me to do? What, 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 what talents and abilities do I have? And where can I utilize those in doing so? It's not that because no one's been prepared for this. And so it's, it's really just, it's sad. And so because they're learning at a young age, one of them, half of them get out and they realize the degree they got is worthless. You can't even get a job with it. But they still have all this debt and they've been brainwashed. And then the other ones that went into the things that made a lot of money, that they went into just to make a lot of money, their whole life is focused on making money. Because they don't even necessarily enjoy what they do. There's like, I picked doctor because I just wanted to make money. So then their whole life is revolving around making money. And if they're a Christian, they're going to find out, always, oh, you always find out when it's too late, I wasted my life. Or I didn't raise my kids right. It's the way life is. That's why it's so important, young people, at a young age, to get plugged into those that are older and wiser, asking, grilling them with questions, and trying to discern. Uh, I would say even if you're going to college, not only do you need to be prepared, but you need to maybe have for several years had different jobs in things you think you're interested in. Because then when you go apprentice under a lawyer or something, if you think you want to be a lawyer, I know some friends that did this, they did that, and they realized, I don't want to be a lawyer, that thing is boring or whatever. But they saved them all this, all this college where they would have gotten a law degree and go, I hate this. 70% of people that do get a college degree never get a job in that field, ever. 
So it's, it's most of the thing, it's a total waste. Um, but you don't want to wake up. You get yourself on a track. You stay on the track because the point of life was a good job and a good retirement. And you wake up when it's too late and go, I've totally wasted my life. I'm just, it's a, it's a train wreck. And I'm going to stand before God and give an account. I never ask him what's, God, what would you have me to do? What did you design me to do? But we don't do that. You have to do that, young people. If you have plans, I always tell young people, get a piece of paper when you get home tonight and write down everything you would like to do in your life. Okay? I mean, just in detail. Then crinkle it up and throw it in your trash can. And say, God, you know what I want to do, but I want to do what you want me to do. And I pro- when you do that, I did that 32. I wasted 32 years doing my own thing, and God got a hold of me, and I realized I, no, I'm doing what God wants, and it's been a 1,000 times better than my plans were. And so I just I want to encourage you in that because it just, I see, I, as I travel the country, I get to meet so many people, and I meet so many people that have so many regrets. Oh, we lost all of our kids. They're radical liberals now. We can't even talk to the, our grandchildren. We get all this stuff. And, and there's nothing... They will say, the saddest words of tongue or pen are these four words, what might have been. That's the story of their life. You do not want that to be the story of your life. It's horrible. But this thing works in anything. Even these movies, it's so funny. When I realized God wanted me to make a movie, I don't have a background in film. Now, didn't study in college, didn't any of that. And God said, make a film. I'm like, I don't know how to make a film. Make a film. But what do I do? Make a film. And I finally said, yes, sir. <laughs> you better help me. <laughs> but, I, but I'd learned from the restaurant business. And this goes in whatever your interests are, okay? I have something to do I don't know how to do. What do I do? I find someone that's good at that. And I learn from them because they know what they're doing. And learning from someone that does whatever the thing is you're interested in, you will learn so quick and fast and enjoy it. And again, like I said, you'll earn 10 times what you did in college so I said, okay, I don't know any filmmakers, but I've seen some good films. And so I started watching documentaries, all the ones I could remember that, boy, that was powerful. But I'd watch it over and over again and take notes. I took hundreds of pages of notes. Why do I like this documentary? And I'd write notes. So I was learning from them, these teachers, even though they weren't there, but they knew what they were doing. And I would, I'd watch documentaries through with no sound on because I wanted to. Why is it so beautiful to the eye? What, what are they doing artistically behind the content that makes you just go, I love this movie. This is the greatest thing ever. And then we'd watch documentaries that we'd want to eject in five minutes. And I go, why do we want to eject it? What is, what's happening? We, need to, we don't want them to eject our movie. We want them to watch it. And so, but it, but so we, as a whole family, as a homeschool project, we took this on to learn cinematography, learn editing, learn lights, learn music, learn every, everything. We did everything because we, we lived in the middle of Idaho in the middle of nowhere. And we're like, we have to do it all ourselves. And so my kids helped me and we got the interviews and we did all these different things. And I don't have time to get into the whole thing. But as someone talked about earlier this morning, it was a sweet story because uh, we had been praying about it and everything. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how much time I have here, but... Um, we knew God had asked us to make a film, so we studied film, and then we started getting the interviews, editing. I edited the whole thing myself. I did everything, and it was so intense because there's so much to it. God kept blessing in different ways so clearly, 
And then it ended up, our very first film we ever made ended up winning this big film festival in Texas that had a $100,000 grand prize. And I go, isn't that amazing? God knows what he's doing. When he asks you to do something, just do it. Well, I don't know how. He, a lot of times will give you something to do that you're not capable of doing. Why? So you'll be on your knees more like you should be. <laughs> and you'll realize, God, help me. God, help me. My prayer life just changed over the two years of making this. Because every day I was just, God, what do I do? I, I feel like I can't do this. And go, just keep, <laughs> keep working at it. Um, so if you want to be good at anything, find someone who is. That's one of the keys of life. And that's a biblical principle. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. And so whether it's wisdom to understand a business concept or biblical truth, whatever, that's how you learn to be wise. Um, so a couple just key nuggets for you here, and I'll wrap this up. So here's a good starting place. Get, a, get paper out. If you want to more be able to discern God directing your path in this, you get a piece of paper out, and the first thing you do is you write down, what do I like? What are just things I enjoy? I like drawing, or I like this, whatever. I like, well, I like physical labor, working, mowing the lawn. Or whatever the things you like, just make a list of those. Here's all the things I like. Then make a list. What am I good at? Just make a list. Everything I'm good at, if my parents have complimented, boy, you're good washing dishes. Okay, I'm good washing dishes. Whatever it is where you start to get what I like, what I'm good at, and the last list, then you make what do I have access to where God has put me? What do any of these things where I have access? Oh, my dad knows a businessman that owns a restaurant. I could go get a job there or whatever it might be. So you look at that, what I like, what I'm good at, and what God's given me access to. And then from that, you see where things overlap. And I just then you start to hone in. Okay, I think this might be a door that's open. And so you go through the open door and you get this little job apprenticing under someone. Maybe you do that for a while and go, no, I, I, I like this, but not enough to do it. Okay, and then you just door, God directs your path to give you all the skills you need to do what he's asked you to do. That I promise you. He will prepare you for the work he has for you to do if you're listening and if you're willing to go through the doors he's opening for you. Even if you're like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. And everything you do is a good experience. I just look back at so many. I had a job when I was a teenager, 14, 15, 16, washing dishes, which isn't a fun job. I enjoyed it. The guy I worked with, we had fun singing and whatever. Um, but it's hard work. But I didn't know, oh, when I'm 30, he's going to have me open a restaurant. I was like, isn't that funny? I want you to be really good at this. I was like, why do I always get a job washing dishes? You know, and so it was just it was so neat. I, he had he guided my steps like he promises to. And one last thing here, what point on this, that even you men that are older, um, if you're not doing what you think God wants you to do, you've just done it because that's what you've always done. As I've traveled America and lived in different places, I found this to be the case. So many businesses, I guarantee right here in this town, if you go around to different businesses, you will find many of the successful businesses in this town in every town in America, where it's an older man or woman that is running it. They started it. They're doing it. And if you ask them, I've done this so many places, I'll come and admire their business. Man, this is neat. How long have you been doing it? Oh, 30 years. Whatever. And talk to them. And I always ask them this question then. Are your children going to take this over whenever you're ready to step down? 
90% of the time when I've said that to men, they go, no, they, they live in California. And I thought, what a golden opportunity. You see a business like that, maybe in something you have interest, and you go, can I get a job here, sir? And you work there. Five years later, he's like, oh, I'm ready to retire. Sir, could I buy this from you? As oh, Of course, he'd rather do that than close the doors. In fact, the, the, the French Cafe La Baguette, the one I worked at, he called me when he was ready to retire and said, Curtis, do you want to buy this business? And I, I felt God was calling me in a different direction. Doing, I said, I, I think I'm supposed to be doing some other things. But he would have, he owned the whole beautiful building it was in, the restaurant. And this is back in the 90s. He was making $400,000 a year at it, and he would have given it to me. He said, just make me a payment each month for my retirement. And, um, and that, again, the point's not money, but I'm just saying that I saw, that was the opportunity. He couldn't find anybody. To, he didn't have any children that were going to do it, but he knew I was a good worker because I'd work for him. Hey, do you want to do this? When you're a good worker and a good example, whatever you do, doors are opening. There's no competition today. That's the good news. What the system is putting out is so pathetic. So we just, and last night, it was last night, just in this town, there's a Cordoba on the other side of town. You, you go in there, we don't have enough staff to see, feed you tonight. I mean, nobody's here. I'm like, what? I mean, just a couple people there that were like, I don't know if I want you to make my food anyway. Thank you. Um, but then we go across the street to Chick-fil-A that has a line wrapped around the building. And you come up, thank you so much for coming this evening. I mean, it just, it's night and day. But, but, uh, Chick-fil-A, they focus, I've talked to some of their top managers, they focus on homeschoolers. They try to hire almost exclusively homeschoolers because they know they're, they're not afraid to talk to people. They haven't been age-segregated peer group their whole life where they're always just talking to their age group so they can't talk to someone older or younger. And so, but it was just night and day difference. But that's what I'm talking about. There, but I would keep your eyes open and always be praying, God, would you direct me to the right thing? But anyway, those are some fundamental principles to think about as you evaluate college and career and, and things like that. Uh, but just, um, I don't know, I hope, I hope that was helpful. That was just part of that thing because I know it's supposed to end this session right now. But anyway, I hope that makes sense. Just uh, be willing to do what God wants you to do and then pray that he will direct your path to those things and then surround yourself with wise people that are excellent at whatever they do. And so you'll learn how to be excellent because if you're excellent, you will succeed in whatever you do. There, there, like I said, there's no competition at all. But thank you. I'm not sure what's next or how the thing goes. But So I'm done if you want to.